0: An episode of Middle Ground with JLE LLC, where we treat you like family. I have another great guest for you, a family right here. He is the owner of Christine Pronto Hardwood Floors, Zachary Dane Photography,
1: and he has a music
0: production company, Cream of Beats, Zachary Cephas. Welcome to the show, sir. What's going on, man? What's going on? You, brother, talk about this music thing a little bit.
1: Okay, all right. Let's talk about, about you.
0: Celebrate you. <laughs> what led you to this path?
1: What brings me to this path? Mm-hmm. Um whatever my destiny is, you know, it's um the things that I do are things that I enjoy doing, you know, mm-hmm. things that I love doing. Um I've worked many jobs that I hated you know, just because of the money. And, um, it put me in a, it put me in a good position and it put me in a bad position. You know, I was in that rat race and, you know, you're getting that paycheck and all it's doing is keeping that, that wheel going, you know? And then after a while, you can't figure out why the wheel is just never stopping. And, um, yeah I had to get out of it. you know. I figure if I'm gonna do anything, it's gotta be something that I enjoy doing and um you know for me the the first thing was the music, mhm, you know, and even for when I was young, you know, my dad used to throw parties, and you know he had all this equipment, you know, analog equipment Hi, and, the um, analog.
0: yeah, <laughs> you know I about.
1: mean. Yeah, I was I was making pause tapes, you know, pause beat tapes, before I even know what pause beat tapes were, you know, and pause tapes, you know, for the people that don't know, that's like you record part of a song, mm-hmm. you know, and then you hit the pause button, and then you rewind the the other tape, and then you unpause it to you know, unrecord. I mean, not unrecord, but you would unpause it so that you could record more of the other part. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So you could you could take like a little break that was a few seconds long and stretch it out. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And I just thought it was cool to do. You know, I didn't know that was even called pause tapes. You know, I was probably five years old. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. Eight years old. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, doing stuff like that. But. Yeah, the music was was the first thing. Photography was second. And, um, you know, after working at Chrysler, you know, I worked there for 14 years, came out in 2008. And, um, you know, I just pretty much figured, you know, like part of that there's a bunch of reasons why I left, right? Mm -hmm. But the most important reason why I left was I was seeing people that – That had, I had 94 seniority. They were people Mm -hmm. that had 96 seniority that were getting laid off. You know, and that's like right behind me, you know. Yeah. These these people were sitting down and I seen them lose their homes and I seen them lose their cars. And I'm like, if I'm gonna lose everything, it's gonna be because I ain't got a job. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna lose everything and have a job. How much sense does that
0: make?
1: Yeah. Right. So um, you know, when they turned around and they said, um, you know, basically we're gonna give you a hundred thousand dollars to not work. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up, man. Absolutely. So, I feel like you, that. You know, I, I left and you know, the whole time working there, it's like You're listening to people that really don't have anything, you know, like, I mean, I hate to even put it like that. But a lot of the people that that work at the big three, they're there because that's the best thing that ever happened to them. You know what I'm saying? So now you got people there telling you, like, where else can you go and get a job that pays this much money? You know what I'm saying? They're making you feel like this is the best that it can ever be. And when I left Chrysler, man, I picked up the camera again. You know, I was was a photographer. Well, I knew about photography when I was in high school. And um, so that was 92. Now it was 2008. You know, a lot of change. But um, I picked up the camera again after all those years. And one of the first jobs that I had was at a school. And I made Six thousand dollars within six hours, you know. Okay. And I'm sitting up there thinking, like, Chrysler never paid me this kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> i <laughs> so yeah. you know, when people are talking about, you know, where else are you gonna go and make this kind of money? Look, you can do it on your own, you know. And I started yeah. thinking, like, you know, like if if Donald Trump. Did, if he if he lost everything today, right? Mm-hmm. Would he apply for a job at Chrysler? No.
0: <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying? No. Like would he say, you know what, I gotta, I gotta start all over again. Let me try and get up in Chrysler. No, he would he would create another plan and say, look, I gotta I gotta make another master plan to make another million or another billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. You know, I I ain't there yet. I ain't made no million. Damn sure I ain't made no billion. But um, I'm I'm pretty comfortable.
0: Okay. Yeah. So Was Zachary doing photography? Who all do you shoot? Um, I pretty much shoot
1: whatever needs to be shot. Okay. I've done weddings. I've done um, corporate shoots. Um, I've done a lot of family pictures. Um, you know, I've done model pictures. I've, 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 I've done it all. Um, as far as what I enjoy shooting, I would probably say, um, it's individuals. Okay. You know, people, people that just need, um, some professional photography that might not have the money to go somewhere else, you know, like that's, that's usually what I like shooting, you know, because my happiness comes from giving people something that they really couldn't have afforded, you know, or may not have the money to to be able to
0: afford it. So, you
1: know,
0: I like I like making people happy, basically. Yeah, you you give helpful pricing. You did my head shots, which were awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you. you did it. Yeah, so yeah that that's that's my that's my whole thing you know i ain't, i enjoy just making people happy but you know I think i'm gonna get more into doing um i think i'm gonna get into more into doing like um family pictures okay yeah you know only because you know we we live at a time now where you know you could be here today and gone tomorrow you know yeah, my life. like you know, for, for no reason, you know, you take the wrong breath of air and you're gone, you know? So mm-hmm. I know that, um, my dad, he just, well, not just, he's, he's 81. And, um, you know, my parent my parents are older, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm blessed to still have my parents around. And, um, mm-hmm. I said, you know what, Zach, You, I haven't done family pictures in 10 years. And, um, you know, I, I, just did the family sh- shoot last week, and it just dawned on me, like you know what, there's probably a lot of people that need this type of photography. You know, like I'm giving you something that your cell phone isn't giving you. You know, so that's true. You know, you can't use that excuse anymore of, you know, well, photography is gonna be dead because everyone's got cell phones. No, people, people want what they can't have. You know what I'm saying? Like, if everyone can make a McDonald's hamburger, then McDonald's wouldn't exist. You know what I'm saying? And McDonald's ain't nothing special, but, you know, you you can't make that. So that's why they're around, you know? So, yeah, with the photography, with music, you know, even with the flooring, I'm giving people something that
0: they can't attain by themselves. Now, what made you get into and create pristine pronto hardwood floors
1: okay so pristine pronto came about
0: okay it came
1: about because i hated my job okay you know i hated my job i i left one bad job got into a worse job so i Mm -hmm. became a, a journeyman carpenter and quite honestly, that experience was the worst I've ever experienced. You know, um, they didn't teach me nothing. It was a lot of um, political racism that goes on in, uh, in construction now. Um, a lot of these companies hire black people to be able to bid on the jobs. So in other words, um, Coleman Young, he had that thing in place where if you're going to if you're going to make money off Detroit, then you're going to hire people that look like they're from Detroit. Right. Okay. So what these companies do is they hire residents of the city like tokens. So they'll say, okay, well, we got Zach and we got Jeffrey. You know, we hire them. So we, we we you know, we're 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 a diverse company. You know, we, we hire minorities. they yeah, so, some companies doing right. And so, so now because they hired two black people, we can bid on these jobs and these jobs might be, you know, 10 million dollars, 30 oh, wow. million dollars. You know what I'm saying? But the only reason that they can bid on these is because they they got some talking black people there and they'll hire us. And then as soon as they get the jobs, as soon as they win the bid for these jobs, then they lay us off. And replace us with their own people. You know, I hate to put it out there like that, but that's what's going on. And so, um, you know, yeah, a lot of times, you know, I'd be sitting at home. And, you know, everyone would say, all right, well, you're, you're, you're an apprentice, you know, you're an apprentice carpenter. You know, you should be making decent money. No, I wasn't making 30, 30 bucks an hour sitting at home. I wasn't making anything. And they don't, um, they don't tell you that you're fired. You know, they'll tell you, all right, Zach, we'll see you on Monday. You know, they'll, they'll tell you that on Friday or Saturday. And then come Monday, they'll say, "Well, give us a call on Wednesday." You know, works a little slow, and you know, for me, that was 2016. I mean, uh, you know, technically, I'm I still work for the for the union. They never told me that I'm fired. <laughs> you okay. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Since 2016, I'm still waiting on that call. So, um, so that's why
0: floors and how has that experience
1: been well you know so here's the thing so i had done floors in 2001 with
0: my first house
1: okay and um you know it was um it was a trial i hated the experience um i had a guy that came by and told me that um that he knew how to do floors and it was a co-worker and, um, you know, he looked at the floors and he told me, all right, I do it for 500 bucks. I said, $500 for the whole house. He said, no, per room. I said, that don't make sense because the, the living room is bigger than the bedroom. You know? So how are you charging me 500? You know, like the, the hallway is small. How are you charging me $500 for the hallway, but you're charging me $500 for the living room. You know what I'm saying? Like
0: yeah, it didn't make any spread spread sense. Spread.
1: Mm-hmm. So um I went ahead and I got the equipment and I said, you know what, I'm gonna try it. And if I mess it up, I'll just put carpet on the floor, you know? And um I hated that experience so much. I remember putting the equipment on the truck to take it back to the rental place, saying, I never wanna touch this, you know, a floor sander, an edger, ever again. Okay. And so what happened is, three years later, I bought a bigger house. So the first house I had was about a 1,000 square feet. The second house I had was about 3,200 square feet. Okay. And so the floors were messed up at the second house. And uh, I said, I don't want to do it again. Let me call someone else. <laughs> so I called this company up and the guy showed up, had his hands on his hips. And with a straight face, he told me $15,000. Wow. You know, I was 29 years old. How dare you try and tell me you're going to charge me 20, you know, $15,000 to do wow. my floors. I
0: <laughs> so, me get back on the ground.
1: Figure well, it out. I said well, I said, well, Chrysler don't pay me $15,000 a week. So I guess I'm just going to take a week off work and do my floors and um, did my floors there. And, you know, they, they turned out all right. I think, you know, um, I, other people came and looked at it and they wanted me to to do their floors. And, you know, it wasn't I wasn't doing it like, you know, every week like I'm doing it now. But, um, you know, maybe like like twice a year. You know, I would get a job here, a job there, and I put it, put it away. And so fast forward now from fast forward to 2016 when I was getting laid off in the construction field,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, and I didn't have anything. I said, man, what can I do that people will be willing to pay a lot of money for, you know? I, I don't wanna I don't wanna cut grass because I don't pay no money, you know, and I'm gonna be burning up, <clears throat> burning up out there. You know, I don't want to work on cars, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I wanna make some some decent money, but what can I do that people are willing to pay for? And after scratching my head, I said, do floors, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I I put one ad out on Craigslist. OK. And so now I'm sitting at home. I'm waiting mm-hmm. on the construction on the carpentry union to call me about work and um, got a call from someone saying that they wanted their floors done. I went over there and in three days I made what I would make as an apprentice where it would take me the whole month to make. OK. In three days. So I said, you know what? I'd rather work three days a month than work every day,
0: <laughs> you know?
1: So reconciling
0: with these floors, now, <laughs> right.
1: So um, the union called me about work and they said, Hey, you know, are you working? I said, no. They said, uh, you looking for work? I said, no, nope. <laughs> you know, and I pretty much, rode my last year of um apprenticeship out I got my my journeyman card because okay. I wasn't about to let them just you're not you're not about to just push me away yeah you got and I don't get my journeyman card like i i worked hard for this you know yeah but um yes yeah, so I've been doing floors ever since you know
0: now I noticed you know on facebook you got back to your music
1: yes that's what, that's what, my that, main love
0: there yeah that's why I got your because you I got the music producer right now to talk to one that is hesitant to do what they should be doing with music. What got you back? Okay. On? Um.
1: What got me back on music was the fact that um. I put myself in a good place mentally, mm-hmm. to be able to do it. You so- know, it's um. It's one thing to do music if you have a job, and you know you have a job that you, that you enjoy and you, you know, you can come home and, you know, at some point you start feeling like if I had the time to do music, you know, if I didn't have this job and I could focus my time on doing music, then I could probably take this to another level. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so when I left Chrysler, you know, now I got a hundred thousand dollars. I got all the time in the world and um, I'm sitting there and I'm doing music and I'm not making any money off it. And to me, it felt like every dime that I spend of this hundred thousand, you know, every dime that I spend, I'm getting that much closer to being homeless. Okay, You know what I'm saying? Because I got to make this hundred thousand dollars work. And, um, you know, I was on YouTube and this is this is. 2010 around that time, you know, I left Christ in 2008 and my, my hunger for doing music was dwindling because I've been raised to be an employee, you know, from the time that we're kids, you know, our parents, uh, you know, parents say, you know, he's going to grow up to be a doctor or he, you know what I'm saying? They put these ideas in our head from the time that we, that we're kids, the programming, And so now for the first time in my life, I wasn't making no money. I wasn't getting a paycheck. So I felt like, like a loser, just I'm making beats and I ain't selling them. You know, so it's like, what the hell am I doing this? You know, why, why am I doing this? I I got on YouTube and I seen this little 12 year old girl making beats using the same machine that I got. Okay and I said what the hell am I doing I'm doing the same thing that a little 12 year old girl is doing and I need to make some money you know I need I need some paychecks coming in and if this music isn't doing it then I'm not doing the music you know because if if I was going to survive off making beats back then I would have starved 20 years ago you know so mm-hmm. my my drive for doing it went away. It was like a zero. And so, um, you know, when I got in the carpentry union and, you know, my drive still wasn't there because they were working the hell out of me. And, um, you know, when I started doing the flooring Mm -hmm. and now I'm getting comfortable, you know, now I'm, I can see some money in my bank account. You know, I can, um, I got free time, you know, I, I always had free time, but I never wanted to make beats because, wasn't making no money with it but now i don't care about making any money off making music because i make more money you know doing um doing the flooring so um you know love yeah you know going going to work and you know coming home and you know not saying doing the flooring doesn't wear me out because i'm tired when i when i do floors but, um, you know, you walk by your equipment and your equipment's just looking at you like, man, you haven't turned me on in, in a week. You know, you haven't turned me on in, in a month. You haven't turned me on in six months, you know. And, you know, that my drum machine became, it became a place where I would put my, my dinner plate. You And... You know, I was I was in my room, I was eating dinner, I was watching YouTube, my plate was on on the drum machine and I just felt like I was just disrespecting this machine, you know. And I said, "You know what? I'm going to turn it back on again." You know, and I I I was buying equipment and for about a year, all I did was buy equipment, you know, and but I didn't have no time to use it. Okay. And then what was it November of last year? I think it was November of last year, man. Something in me was like, Zach man, turn this equipment on. Open these boxes that you have here. And I opened the boxes, but now I didn't feel like plugging it up, you know, and because now I needed new wires and you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> it was just one thing after another. Once I got yeah. the wires together, then you know, one of the speakers had gone out. And now I had to go buy new speakers and I'm fighting with myself because I'm like, Zach, you got to spend 600 bucks on these speakers and you haven't even made no music yet. You know, you you spent money on equipment for this last year. And you haven't made no money off the music yet, you know. So once I finally did plug it up, Jay, man, it was like, I don't know, man, something came over me. It was it was like all them years that I wasn't making music was just marinating in me, you know, because mm-hmm. you never stop. Even though you stop making music, you never stop making it. You know what I'm saying? You're like right.
0: You, you still right.
1: got it in your head. You're still thinking of things that you could do, you know, and, you know, you listen to someone else's music and you'd be like, man, they should have added this here. And, you know, so I never stopped making music in my head and when i i cut that machine on man it was like i i forgot a lot of things on how to do you know certain certain options that's in the machine but man you give me a week man and i was right back at it man it was like i didn't skip a beat
0: yeah i could relate with that when i was almost getting to the end of my business degree i just stopped doing music too like yeah i'm straight corporate i got a family i need to take care of this and this and then my producer now from music, he made a Jesus forgave me track, put it on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, right. I need it. Yeah. And then yeah, man. Like, you not hold. You gotta do both. And yeah. That got me back to music back in 2014.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's a lot of change. A lot has changed since um, you know, I my equipment remained the same since. Mm-hmm. 2008 okay you know so when i got back to doing my music again november last year if you would looked at my setup in 2008 it was exactly the same right okay but now i you know i had a few other pieces you know that that i bought not a lot you know i i had um a um novation base station keyboard it was sitting there for like four years, you know. Mm-hmm. Never really used it. Um, I got a few other pieces. I ain't gonna mention what they are, you know. But I, when I got back into doing music, so much had changed as far as technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a sample based producer. A lot of changed where people get their samples from. You know, I'm still stuck in 2008. <laughs> where if I want to get some samples, I got to put my shoes on. I got to go in the car. I got to drive to the record store. I got to, you know, fish through a bunch of records. Yeah. And, not then come home that. and, you know, that that's the mentality that I had. But I'm listening to the music and I'm hearing, like, really clean samples, you know, that people are making beats on. And I'm like, where are they getting these sounds from? You know, because in the last 30 years, I swear producers have used everything. You know, we've sampled absolutely everything, but now I'm hearing super clean samples, you know, like just pianos or, you know, certain instruments or whatever. And I'm like, there's no way these people are finding these samples and no one used, no one found them before. Okay. Well, you got stuff now like, splice you know you got stuff where you got um loops that people download kits that people create you know and no one told me anything
0: you know so i'm (laughs) I'm trying to
1: figure out how people are making the stuff and now my producer mind is telling me zach you need to learn how to play because maybe these people are playing it no they're not they're not playing it (laughs) you know (laughs) And then you start listening The more music you start listening to. You start hearing the same loops, you know, the same sound. Yeah, you
0: do, brother. You're doing some of this music. Yeah,
1: and it's like, wait a minute. Like, these people are cheating out here. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's a good thing, though, because, like, when you don't know how people are, are doing something, that, like, that gets the creative juices flowing. And... Even if you get to that point by doing it incorrectly, now you done figured out something that they haven't figured out.
0: You know what I'm saying? So yeah, because I know for my music, I it, I gotta be like, it's a live band playing. Right. And that's the vibe I've been when I've been there working with them to come up with the tracks. Like, okay, right. this a drummer doing his thing, this a dude just chilling, playing the guitar. Real live sound, not Seem like some people got the same beat and they just recycle it. Some right,
1: time. right. And a lot of that is going on. I remember when um when we had the, the ninety six seniority people at Chrysler that were laid off, and um they would be they would be up in the lunchroom all day, you know they didn't have no work for them, but they made them come to work, mm-hmm. and these people would bring their laptops, and um you know this is like maybe maybe two thousand six. Okay, I'd never even heard of Garage Band,
0: right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I'd never heard of it. And these dudes were coming down by my work area playing me beats that they made. And I'm like, that's a live band. How are you making this upstairs in the cafeteria? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Good because garage has got loops in it. And yeah. you can take certain loops and, you know, so now you got this this live band playing a loop. And then you can say, you know what, let me slide uh, uh, a bass riff in there. You know, let me slide some pianos in there. Let me slide mm-hmm. some harps in it. And so now you got this whole orchestra and you don't have any pads. You don't have a keyboard. You know what I'm saying? To me, it's like, how, how do you make music if you don't at least have a drum machine, you know, how do you how do you make music sound like a live band and you
0: don't have a live band? Yeah, because even on the app, they got to where, like, say if you do R&B, they already yeah. got all this stuff set up. You just be pressing at each time period of the song and you create the sound like, Dang, they made it real easier now.
1: Right. It, yeah, it's so it's so easy now, man. But, um, and you know, know that's like me, though,
0: that, that's. But that's, that's, that's,
1: the, that's the beauty in it, though. Like, I I love it only because it separates the men from the boys, you know? And when I say that, I mean, like like, now anyone can make a beat, right? True. But the reason why everyone makes the same beat, you know, everyone sounds the same, is because they adopted a style that's easy to duplicate you know so you know a lot of people you know not to not to say anything about trap music or anything like that but a lot of people make music like that because they don't know how to make anything else you know it's easy to come up with three chords you know what i'm saying <laughs> mm. you know it's it's easy to make a bass line when all it is is doom 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 you know so you know everyone does that you know but now if you want to hear some real music you can, you can somewhat identify if that's what you do, you know, we all have two different types of ears. We got consumer ears. And then once you start producing, you develop producer ears, you know? So the consumer ear, the consumer ear is all right. That sounds good. I can dance to it. Right. They don't Mm -hmm. care about the process. The nah. producer, <laughs> right, you know, the that producer here is okay, what kind of what kind of drums did he use on that? You know, uh, um, you know, how how did he bend the samples? You know, we we tried to figure out how it was made. And once we realize, okay, this guy is, you know, he put some work into it, that that's when it gets the approval. You know that's the producer ears, but you know you you got to be able to turn the producer ears off sometimes and just enjoy the music, you know. And then there's other times where you need to study it, you know, when you want to learn more. So, I
0: mean, yeah, you're right. Cause I know when I first started, first time I was in the studio, I made a track, and I'm gonna redo that song for the third album, better. I thought I was the man. I let my friends listen to it. They're like, "You got a lot going on." Like. But it's awesome. Like, no, it ain't Jeff. Like, man, y'all hate. It. Right. I a girl, I was dating at the time. Like, she got my back. She like, nah, boo. this right. I all y'all don't know. Y'all not musicians. You don't know. Right. It. Right. I'm like, yeah, I get. It. Well, I started it here, and I just went way over here with it. Like, not, right. No, you can't be doing that, Jeff. You got. To... Yeah. Foundation, add to it, switch it up some, bring it back home. It mm-hmm. was a process to where I would notice when people would listen, people like banging beats. So you know, all my stuff positive, like, but it got knocked. You, you gonna you gonna play in your car? You gonna like, oh okay, right? About something I can bob my head like, yeah, right. Like, you know. And I've noticed in getting creative with the second album, some people be listening to see, okay, where were you going with this? And you trying to break that sound. Right. Like JLE World, the first song of like the second album, JL World. we well, studio banging on tables, using spoons, keys, everything to get the sounds on that song. Mm-hmm. On that, down, like, that was key shaking. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter though, man. You know, I mean just, creativity is awesome. Yeah,
1: you know, I mean that that whole process right there is that's a that's a beautiful process, you know. I mean, you have yeah. to go through that, you know, thinking that you're the man, you know, like ain't no one making stuff like this.
0: Yeah, you gotta then, be making music. You got to.
1: Right, you know, what I'm saying, like, I mean, we we, I don't care if you first get your drum machine. If you just got your drum machine today, you're gonna make a pattern on there and think it is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it ain't no one messing with this. <laughs> you know
0: what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh,
1: you know, for a lot of us, man, the 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 guy that humbled us was was Jay Diller. You know, yeah, yeah. Diller, uh, If you're from Detroit and you you know, they it's two different types of of hip hop in Detroit. You know, you yeah, got know. you got the 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 slum village type thing. And then you got like the the cheddar boys, you know what I'm saying? But um if, if you're into the, the type of hip hop that I'm into, man, Jay Diller was the one that that humbled you, you know. So you you thought that what you were doing at home was amazing. And then you go to St. Andrews and DJ House was, was spinning some new dealer and he, he made you feel like, you know, I need to go home and cut that drum machine on again because what I did it wasn't it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It's either he made you feel that way or he made you feel like I might as well just throw my drum machine out the window because <laughs> what's the point?
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Because no. your beats have a distinctive sound. How, what was your thinking when you was coming up with that sound?
1: Uh, my sound comes from um, a lot of inspirations you know for one you know probably DJ Premier was probably a big inspiration at first um i found out about you know i mean secondly um Pete Rock um i found out about Dilla i don't want to say late it was probably like 96 whenever they came out with volume 1 some village volume 1 um but you know i didn't i didn't start producing until 2000. So it was years after, but you know, I still, I still bring up names like you know Pete Rock and Premier because I gravitated towards that sound. Okay. You know, so when I was first making beats, you know, the, the very first thing I did, I tried to um, replicate the bass line in Thelonious, which is a joint that that Jay Dilla um, produced. And um once I figured out how to do that, then i I wanted to sound like um DJ premier okay. and you know a lot of people will imitate someone and when they get to the point where they sound like them they they'll stop no one wants to hear an imitation you yeah, know you gotta find you you gotta find you, you, gotta find you. so it wasn't enough to sound like Premiere. It wasn't enough to sound like Pete Rock. And, uh, you know, I was never like on their level anyway. You know what I'm saying? But I was going towards that sound. And okay. something in me was like, Zach, you got to take everything and roll it into one, but then you still have to... I, I got to put my mark on it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so... I was, I was greatly inspired by, you know, all those producers that I mentioned, but like to, to find your own style, man, it takes like,
0: I tell it people, it take it, a minute.
1: yeah, I tell people it takes like a good 10 years, you know? So you, you might, you might make a, a, a you might do something incredible within the first six months. You ain't there yet, you know? And six months later, you might listen to what you made six months ago and you might think that it sounds terrible. But I guarantee you, if you listen to what you just made a year, a year after then what you made a year before will sound terrible, you know, and then you still you keep going through that process until it gets to a point where people recognize a certain sound, you know. Like, I don't, I don't have a certain sound like that, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's my certain sound, you know, like you can't really put a finger on it. I don't make one certain type of hip hop, like it might be sample based one minute, Mm -hmm. you know, I might chop samples up another minute, I might not chop anything up, you know, I might actually play stuff, you know, I might, um, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, I might do like some Bollywood, you know, type okay. of hip hop. I might do some reggae type stuff, but then I won't get stuck in that because I don't want to, I don't want to be typecasted as that certain type of producer. So I want to always come with a different type of flavor, you know, um, too. Sometimes I might sample five different records okay just to make one song you know what I'm saying so I'm, I'm not taking part of one song and recreating it it's five different parts you know what I'm saying so it's, it's gonna be real hard for you to, to even tell where anything came from you know but you know that that's my thing man like i i like
0: I like surprising myself okay so I know yeah. when I was think by oh six. I was still work with that with Lauren, who's my producer and classmate at Wayne at the time. My older brother was things was cutting my hair. He's like, You got talent with music, but you ain't found you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you listen to Randy Travis, Tupac, Voice man You listen to Bon Jovi and some classical. I don't hear none of that in your music. I'm like, I don't know how you put that in. Like, when you figure that out, you start finding you. Yeah. Oh. I got, and after a while, I see what you're saying. Yeah,
1: yeah. You you're not gonna see it right away. It's not gonna make sense right away. took a long time. You I figured know. out what you're talking. Yeah, about. yeah. It it takes it takes a little while. I think I think my style, like when I listen to my um my old beats, mm-hmm. I could I could see my my true style coming around, maybe the fifth fourth or fifth year okay but it still wasn't there though you know but now like when and i it's it's still not there i don't think it'll ever get there you know there's always something more that you can learn um Mm. there's always something that i want to do that i don't know i don't know how to play you know i i don't know how to play keys i can i can find certain key notes on the keyboard and you know, assign them to a pad on the drum machine and, and replay them like I'm playing keys. But I don't know how to like just, you know, just off the top of my head. Let me just get on the keyboard and play something, you know. So that's something that um this year I wanna I wanna buy a keyboard. Okay. I wanna start taking lessons. You know, taking things to another level. But even even when I get to the point I'm playing the keyboard, there's always going to be another instrument. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, instead of playing the bass on the keyboard, even though you can do it, wouldn't it be better if you knew how to actually pick up a bass and play it? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I gotta do my training, my guitar and bass guitar.
0: Right. You know. So yeah,
1: I, I I always wanna wanna see growth. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, with this equipment now, man, there's so yeah. much that you can do on it. You know, it's not like back in the days where you had to buy a drum machine just because it was a drum machine, you know, and then you had to buy a sequencer just to arrange the, the sounds. For, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you yeah, don't have to do yeah. that no more. You know, like you, you buy one piece of equipment, like I got the the um, the MPCX now okay. and you can actually record vocals into it. Nice. You know, you can mix master it's got effects in it it's got granulator in it it's got everything in there you know what i'm saying so um there's so much that you can do with one piece of equipment that it's um it's kind of hard to max it out you know it's you know before like i said the drum machine was just a drum machine so once you learn how to program okay. that drum machine, you were getting one hundred percent efficiency out of it. You know, how do you get a hundred percent efficiency out of a machine that can do a thousand different things? You know, like, you know, e- even if you even if you you make some incredible music on it, the CPU is still laughing at you like <laughs> you ain't doing nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, you ain't the <laughs> right? Right about that. hmm Did you ever see yourself where you are right now?
1: Um I don't know. I don't know where that is. I mean, I ain't nowhere. <laughs> so I I hope to see myself in a much better position. Um, you know, a month from now, six months from now, six years from now. But uh yeah, I ain't I ain't nowhere yet. You know, I'm just I'm just comfortable. So if, now if, we, if, we, if I look at life from that perspective, um, no way, you know, I have um, I've enjoyed a pretty good life, man. Like I really even though even though I work hard with what I do, you know, and I work harder with doing construction, um, I've pretty much enjoyed an easy life the second i left chrysler in 2008 and i have to i have to think to myself sometimes you know this there, guys that worked their whole life and don't enjoy their retirement mm-hmm. as long as i have enjoyed my freedom from not working you know what i'm saying so yeah when i look at things that way no way man no way i mean i'm i'm 48 right now I haven't paid a mortgage since I was 33. Awesome. You know what I'm saying? And um that's all because of Detroit. You know, like I I can't imagine <clears throat> this type of freedom being in any other city, any other state, any place else in the world. You know, if if you if you're an artist of any Kind, I don't know why the hell you're not in Detroit. You know, I don't know, I don't know why people leave Detroit to go to California. You know, because the rent out there, you you know, even back in 2008, people were paying over two thousand dollars a month for a two bedroom apartment. You know, and here in Detroit, you can buy a whole house with with one month rent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying uh, that house ain't gonna look like nothing, you know what I'm saying you yeah, might have to you can fix it look to, to it but yeah. uh yeah man I mean shoot you can you know and you can still buy houses for a thousand bucks in Detroit, you know I don't know why some people don't take advantage of it you know yeah. that opportunity to be yeah, move. you know that there are a few people that that have moved here from, you know, other other states mm-hmm. and they took advantage of it. I know I know one couple where to, to make a long story short, they took their 401k which wasn't much. Mm-hmm. They bought a house in Detroit for $2,000. It was a four unit house. And they took the rest of the money in their 401k and fixed up one unit. Someone told them about Airbnb. Okay. And they, they airbnb did it out and that one unit paid for the second unit and then they lived in the third in the third unit and they rented the, the other the place paid for itself over 10 years ago. These wow. people to this day have not worked. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That that house takes care of them financially. So, you know, if you're an artist and you know you're you're used to paying, you know, if you're out there in New York or atlanta california and you're used to paying sixteen hundred dollars a month you know like sixteen hundred dollars a month i pay fourteen hundred dollars a year in property taxes you know what i'm saying like and i hate paying my property taxes (laughs) 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 you know so i i couldn't imagine you know i i hate paying fourteen hundred dollars a year and these people are paying over two thousand dollars a month. Like, come on! Like, why are you there?
0: they right. chimed in. Right. But you got a point. In Detroit got a lot of opportunity here if you look for it. Yeah, man. You know, I mean
1: you you can't wait for you can't wait for a city or a state or an area to get beautiful before
0: you move there,
1: because then you can't you can't afford it. You know, you can't afford you, it. You that right about
0: that. Once it do you do get the pricing
1: will change. Right, it's going to change. It's like, it's like right now is, is a great time. I mean, I think I think 2008 was a great time to move to Detroit. But it was rough, yeah. you know. It was rough. I mean, when I got my house, you know, I paid cash for it. And, um, you know, I got it in the wintertime. And by the springtime, I was ready to move because it was, you know, gunshots, and it was, you know, 20 dudes on the porch across the street, and it wasn't pretty, you know. But my, my one neighbor bought a house for a little bit over $2,000, mm-hmm. fixed it up herself without taking out any loans, and in three years, she sold it for 200000 So, mm-hmm. you know, where else are you going to do that at? You got you're right. You know what I'm saying? Like two two thousand dollars enabled her to not have to pay rent or mortgage anymore. Just two thousand dollars. I okay. can't think of anywhere else where you can do that at. You know, I know you can do it in like Ohio, you know, but no, who wants to live there?
0: <laughs> Ohio's a great state. <laughs> great people. <laughs> Last question. What advice do you have for someone trying to find their purpose? Um, The best advice that I can
1: think of, man, is just do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. Um, You know, as long as it's legal, um, you know, have, have a plan and make it a foolproof plan. Question it. Um. Have doubt, you know. A lot of people say, you know, you, you're not supposed to question, your, you know, your thoughts or whatever. And you you no question it. Make make sure it's foolproof. Okay. And then execute it, you know. Um, unless because I mean, if you don't create a plan for you, then you're gonna be you're gonna be working for someone else for the rest of your life, and you're really not gonna like that. Yeah. You know. So I I'd rather go out doing. What
0: makes me happy, man? That's great advice, great conversation for anyone that's trying to be a music producer. Hope these tips help you figure out what to do, at least research it. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, GarageBand or Fruit Loops, whatever, whatever simple they got out here just to test the waters. Yeah, can-
1: Kai MPC. I'm not a sponsor, but you know that's what yeah. I
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say my fam, CEO of pristine Pronto, Hardwood Floors, Zachary Dean Photography, and the music production company Cream of V Zachary cephas for sharing his journey, his wisdom. Appreciate right. you, brother. All right, man. Till next time, everybody. Thanks, right. Jay. Thank you. Peace. All right. Another great show. Be sure to check out the my Patreon. Patreon.com slash ground with JLE LLC. Check out my latest books, Hashtag Musician Thoughts series on Amazon.com. My album, The JLE Experience, and JLE World. And just keep trying to find your purpose, man. Keep working at it. You'll find it. Have a great weekend.